a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. December USDA supply demand report, usually not a major market mover, being one of the quietest reports of the year. And USDA held true to form, making only minor adjustments to the corn, soybean, and wheat ending stocks. USDA lowered corn and U.S. ending stocks to 2.13 billion bushels, down from 2.16 in November. USDA made no changes to soybean ending stocks and cut wheat ending stocks by 25 million bushels. Walsh trading market analyst John Ware says, as expected, USDA made only some small changes. Uh, when we look at the ending stocks, not not very big numbers, only one uh, wheat getting lower uh, than trade estimate. Uh, everything else was kind of in range with corns and beans. So um, I'll say this is a fair to midland report and, uh, you know, slow and steady as far as going through towards year end. I don't think this changes too much from where we were the week to start off. The most watched number in the supply-demand report was likely Brazil's soybean production estimate. USDA did cut Brazil's production by 2 million metric tons to 161 million, reflecting the hot and dry conditions in southern Mato Grosso and northeastern Brazil. USDA raised global corn-ending stocks by 200,000 metric tons to 315.2 million metric tons on a larger production for Russia, Ukraine, the EU, and Egypt. Global soybean-ending stocks were down 300,000 metric tons from November at 114.2 million, and global wheat-ending stocks down 500,000 metric tons at 258.2 million metric tons, all within the range of trade expectations. Total Farm Marketing Senior Market Advisor Brian Doherty says following a quiet WASDE report, traders will continue to focus on South American weather. We're talking about big geography places, big geographical places in the world that, that have some room to sort of recover. So, And the USDA made, again, no changes. So last month there was a contingent that thought, boy, the USDA will make, make some changes. This month they did lower Brazilian crop about 2 million metric tons. The market was looking for more like 3 million. Uh, so there weren't, but when you talk about 160 million-ish metric ton, that's, that's not a big percentage change. This week's purchase of soft red winter wheat by China has gotten the attention of a lot of traders. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says it's really unusual to see soft wheat exports outpace the hard red wheat exports. It really is. And so, you know, you look on a chart and you're already, you know, coming up on, on the wheat for Chicago wheat up to a pretty key, you know, resistance level. And it's hard to believe you've put so much together for Chicago wheat in such a short amount of time. We are like right at the 100-day moving average, which is 12, or 12, <laughs> 632 and a quarter. Um, we're like five cents above that right now. So this close is going to be big for this market to see a close above the 100-day. Um, unfortunately, when you look at it, the 200-day is 670. So, you know, that's 30 cents away from where we're at right now. Bennett Consulting owner Matt Bennett said we uh, had a very, very volatile livestock market week. I mean, yesterday we were down hard, and then we ended up up a little bit, and then we turned around and we moved back lower. You know, whenever you look at today, I mean, we're up a little bit as far as uh, fats are concerned. But, you know, we gave up two bucks yesterday. Uh, you're up 50 cents today, depending on which contract you look at. But feeders are up, you know, anywhere from 2 to 250 And so uh, it's nice to see a little bit of a, a move higher. You know, uh, you look over uh, – you know, at the hog market, and uh, you're down again today. So 
in all honesty, the meats aren't exactly overperforming by any means, but at least we're seeing a little bit of uh, strength in here. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. It's back. The North Dakota Farmers Union's annual state convention, December 15th and 16th at the Bismarck Event Center. Are you curious about the property tax debate, the farm bill, or the farm economy? Learn more at this fun two-day event that features ag education, prize giveaways, plenty of time to catch up with friends, and more. To register, download the new NDFU app or go to NDFU.org. That's NDFU.org. The stories that matter to you and your bottom line matter to us. We've had a little ridge of high pressure, say a little upward bump in the jet stream. So if you're an investor, you know, a lot of that money is can be either better utilized somewhere else or it's costing you a lot more money to keep in commodities. Many of those same clients in those states are really suffering with some issues on the uh, rainfall shortages. No one covers agriculture better than the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. A look at news this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The Government Accountability Office has released a study that recommends huge cuts to federal crop insurance subsidies for higher income farms. Combest Cell and Associates managing partner Tom Sell says this study is not reliable and would cause harm to agriculture. These suggested cuts are very kind of academic and, and you know, you can tell it's written by people who really don't have any experience in the business world or how things actually come together aren't actually taking on risk of their own. They're getting paid a paycheck and kind of analyzing what other people are doing. It's just not a, a well-crafted study, but it would certainly undermine, you know, the, the delivery system, uh, which is a, an amazing kind of risk-sharing setup between the federal government and these AIPs who take on a lot of risk. You know, the federal crop insurance annually pays out more in indemnities to farmers. Some years are better than others. You know, in an ideal year for farmers, no indemnities are paid out because everyone made their crops. And that's that's a beautiful thing. So there are years where the, the federal government actually makes money on on federal crop insurance. Low water levels on the Mississippi River and through the Panama Canal complicates the movement of grain and farm inputs. CHS Executive Vice President of Ag Retail Distribution and Transportation Rick Dusek says there is not a quick fix. The river, especially south of St. Louis, the projections are not good. Um, you know, the, the water level's going down, meaning we can't put as much grain in a barge, which means your, your cost per unit goes up. It just does. Um, and, and so that is a real problem. There's not much you can do about that until we get more moisture through it. You know, and, and what's happening, uh, you mentioned the Panama Canal, they have, they have drought issues there as well, so the amount of volume going through the canal has dropped significantly. And what that's doing is, is, is pushing a lot of our, our export business to the P&W versus the Gulf because it's just getting so expensive at the Gulf. Those issues drive up the cost of moving product around the world. An alliance created at the United Nations Climate Summit in Dubai will address the methane produced by the dairy industry. Beginning in the summer of next year, six global dairy companies plan to release the methane emission levels from dairy cattle production. This coalition includes Bell Group, General Mills, Kraft Heinz, Danone, Lactelis, USA, and Nestle.
The American Crystal Sugar Company and the Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association held their joint annual meeting in Fargo this week, where 50 years ago the cooperative was originally formed. American Crystal Sugar Company CEO Tom Astrup spoke at a press conference highlighting the 2023 crop year. From a crop standpoint, it just, it just really was a, a record year. 31.9 tons per acre exceeded our previous record of 30.4. The sugar content at 18.6% was the second highest we've ever achieved. It was just a wonderful, wonderful growing year. And, and in fact, it was so good, we didn't harvest it all. You know, we left, we harvested 12.7 million tons of beets, which is, which is wonderful, most biggest crop we've ever had. We left another million tons plus in the field. That's, it's tough for a farmer to look at a field of sugar beets and just say, I gotta, I've got to leave it behind and I can't harvest it. But yet they at the same time understand it's, it's the blessing of the situation. The estimated payment to growers is also expected to break records at $84.67 per ton. That would be the highest payment we've, we've ever paid out to our membership. I think what people have to remember is the costs of running farms and the costs of running businesses are higher than they used to be as well. While it's a record payment, I'm not sure it's necessarily fair to compare it to a payment 10 years ago or 15 years ago either. That's a look at news this week in agriculture. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. In the heart of every successful farm, trust is the seed that grows the strongest bonds. At ProSeed, we're not just a company. We're a community built on trust and family values. Our dedicated employees are passionate about supporting local farmers like you. We know your challenges because we've walked the same paths, sowed the same seeds. We believe in building relationships that go beyond business. Relationships grounded in trust and mutual respect. Because at ProSeed, you're not just a customer. You're part of our family. Don't miss the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on the Red River Farm Network. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, and wheat. We do that digging by talking with numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors in the North Harvest region or wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on this Red River Farm Network station. The dry bean scene brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Tyler Donaldson. Brazil's top soy and corn producing state, Mato Grosso, has experienced the driest October and November in 25 years with just under six and a half inches of rain. Mato Grosso produces about 27% of Brazil's soybeans. Canada's farmers harvested more corn and soybeans, but less wheat, canola, barley, and oat this season. According to the latest Statistics Canada report, total wheat production fell by 7% year-over-year to 32 million tons as growing conditions were generally drier than a year earlier. Canola production was down 2% year-over-year to 18 million tons. StatsCan says corn production was up 4% and soybean production rose 7% year-over-year. Hackett Financial Advisors President and CEO Sean Hackett does extensive research on long-term weather cycles and discussed the spring planting outlook during the South Dakota Farmers Union Convention. We think that this is a high, high probability year for a hard, late freeze. Late April into mid-May from a fall spring in April. Every cycle that we follow that has been involved with creating hard late freezes is in place. Does that mean it's going to happen? No, but it means that this is, if it's going to happen, this is the year to happen. We had the same forecast for Brazil frost a few years back. 
and we had three, a triple frost in July for the first time in 26 years. If the weather cooperates, many farmers would like to be in the field in April. This could really, really mix up the apple cart for the planting season and for what the prospects are for grain production, especially corn. So be on the lookout and be mindful of you know, maybe not getting, too, not getting too carried away with getting plantings done too fast here. You might want to spread it out and spread the risk out because we think this is an exceptional risk this year. The driest areas of northwestern Brazil are expected to see regular rounds of rain over the next two weeks, while southern Brazil and Paraguay will see a mix of rain and sunshine. World Weather Incorporated says much of northern Brazil will receive one to two inches of rain over the next two weeks. Argentina is expected to see a mix of rain and sunshine with on-again, off-again rains occurring through mid-December, with most areas seeing up to one and a half inches of rain. Brazil is off to a slow start for soybean planting. Soybean and Corn Advisor President Michael Cordonier blames a very erratic weather situation. The last couple of years have been droughts. Droughts in southern Brazil. And last year, Argentina had a historic drought, you know, the worst in like 60 years. And now this year in southern Brazil, extremely high amount of rainfall. So extremes in both parts of the country. Southern Brazil is getting like three to four times the normal rainfall. Whereas up in central Brazil, they're getting a fraction of the normal rainfall, at least up until about a week or two ago. It's getting better now, but it was very extreme in October and early November. After a massive drought last year, Cordonier says the weather has improved in Argentina. The soybeans right now are 44% planted, corn 32%, both on the slow side, but it's improving. I think they are going to switch some intended corn acres over to soybeans because soybean prices are better. Moderate to heavy rains fell in Brazil, while lighter, more scattered rains fell on central and northern Brazil earlier in the week. World Weather Incorporated says northwestern Brazil will see regular rounds of rain over the next two weeks, while central and southern Brazil will see a mix of rain and sunshine that will slow field work at times, but maintain good soil moisture for crop development. Argentina is expected to see a good mix of rain and sun that will allow field work to advance while keeping crop conditions favorable. I'm Tyler Donaldson. This is the Red River Farm Network. Rain or shine, you rise with the sun, working the land, nurturing crops, and bringing food to our tables. So here's to your hard work. We recognize your tireless efforts and dedication at Wilbur Ellis. As we bring the season to a close, we're proud to stand alongside you as your trusted partner. We're honored to be a part of your journey, providing the tools you need to succeed and thrive. We're better together. That's the power of we. Reach out to the Wilbur Ellis Grand Forks team today at WilburEllisAgribusiness.com. The Red River Farm Network introduces the latest addition to our team of farm broadcasters. Listen for Tyler Donaldson as he joins Don Wick, Randy Conan, and Whitney Pittman. Markets go up and markets go down, but the Red River Farm Network is always here to help navigate the twists and turns of the agricultural marketplace. We break down the numbers, trends, and insights with industry-leading market analysts. Farming and ranching is a bottom-line business, and we treat it that way. The Red River Farm Network, we're reporting agriculture's business.